You're listening to the YouTube Marketing Accelerator Podcast, helping businesses and marketers all over the globe dominate the internet's second largest search engine. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Thanks so much, Sally. Her name's not Sally. I don't know what her name is. <laughs> hey, hey, we have a great show here today. I'm very excited. We've got Eric Silvio here. We're going to talk about brand awareness and YouTube campaigns, which is very exciting to me, actually, because we spend a lot of time on this show talking about YouTube advertising and how uh, we're leveraging conversion-based optimizations uh Usually, we're running traffic to webinars. We're doing a lot of lead gen. Uh, maybe we're running e-commerce and trying to get sales. We're just we're always talking about conversions. Uh, but YouTube, of course, uh, four hundred hours of content is uploaded to YouTube every minute. There's got to be brand awareness possibilities there. And so, very excited uh, to connect with Eric Silvio here, who is doing this really successfully. Um, for for local businesses as well. So, uh, Eric, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm super pumped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Just a little background on Eric, everyone. He started in digital marketing in 2013. Uh, he focused on SEO. Um, he started getting involved in YouTube and pay-per-click ads. Uh, in 2015, WordStream named him among one of the top uh, the top 5% of advertisers in the country. He's also been featured in the Huffington Post, uh, Thumbtack, and held the record of the number one marketing writer at examiner.com. Um, now he teaches, he spends his time teaching others how to create effective YouTube campaigns and also runs his own digital marketing business. So Eric, I'm so glad you're here. And if we can just start it right off here, tell us a little bit about specifically how YouTube came calling for you. What drew you to YouTube advertising? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, and maybe a lot of people say this, I'm not sure, but uh, for me personally, I just found that there wasn't a lot of competition in this area. And I, I knew, I mean, Google owns YouTube. There's got to be something to this. Um, and most people probably just don't know that it, that it's there and available for their use. Um, or, or they just don't know how to do it. So I decided to take the time to, you know, invest myself into learning it. Um, and figure out how I could take advantage of this platform that's so underutilized. Uh, and, and that's basically how things took off. And then did you start having some early success when you were toying with it? And sort of, was, was there a moment or two when you were kind of like, oh, this is like a thing? Yeah, I would say, honestly, um, you know, in the beginning, you're just kind of messing around and and uh, trying to learn different things, see what's working, what's not, what what kind of generates the most traffic. And um, in the beginning, it, it was, you know, it was mostly like spending money and, and, and research. <laughs> and then, uh, but as things kind of came along, I, I started finding, honestly, and this kind of leads into the brand awareness thing, is um, there were a lot of people who, who wanted to be seen a lot and and not always taking into consideration traffic. They just wanted their brand to be known better. And that was a really interesting point for me when the first person I, I had who was an attorney um, said, I'm doing fine with traffic right now, but I want people to associate my name 
with personal injury in my local market or my I want people to associate my name with uh, criminal defense in, in my local market. And that was a very interesting point for me um, that got me to wrap my mind around pitching YouTube advertising to local businesses for the purpose of brand awareness. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I, I think we were we were talking about before the show, often we were talking about, um, you know, we all have our local TV market where we know that there's like the attorney in town who has very, like that very specific brand awareness campaign on television and perhaps even a slogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's on park benches, he or she is on park benches, on buses, whatever it is. And so uh, YouTube, very interesting to sort of meet people where they are. Uh, and, and, and so you were able to find that there was a lot of, uh, I, I guess, appetite for this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the neat thing about it, honestly, is a lot of the people who I find are interested more so in brand awareness um, are typically people who are further, uh, they've been in business for a little while and they've had some success Um, They might have a marketing agency who handles things like Facebook ads or SEO or Google ads for them. And um, they've had some success with that. uh, And now they're trying to take things to another level. And this is also an interesting point um, that that politicians are beginning to get into YouTube now, um, as it is really cheap traffic. But um, but yeah, I guess the, the general idea being a lot of very qualified people, people who have large marketing budgets, um, do have a sense of, of need and desire for brand awareness. So does, uh, let, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about little like sort of nitty gritty. What does it mean to be running brand awareness on YouTube? Where does your ad show up? How does it show up, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I like to do, I mean, one of, one of my favorite things, honestly, is, um, is and I, I don't know if, if your audience, how familiar they are with all the different terminology in, in uh, YouTube advertising. So I like to keep things pretty simple um, and, and just say, I, I really like to use the skippable ads, for example, <laughs> um, as you know, as you know, yeah, we 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 do get a little nitty gritty here. So if you want to okay. say in stream, just say in stream ads. Just okay, do cool. it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Um, so in stream ads, I find can be pretty good, um, and then of course bumper ads too. You know, you where um, it's it's a great way. I mean, these are the two main things that that I like to do. Um, in stream ads, of course, are very cost effective um, in that you can get your your name mentioned or your brand mentioned in those first five seconds. Um, And then if they skip the ad, you've still got that brand mentioned there. Um, And you're not, it it lowers the cost significantly. Now, on the other hand, of course, like uh, we talked about with an attorney who might have a slogan or really has some kind of message that they really want to make sure everybody in their local market is getting, um, you know, you can you can do uh, other ads as well. You can do bumper ads, things like that. Um, 
So but, now when you say bumper ads, because I think people are less, uh, because in-stream ads are the ones that everybody's super familiar with because we all see in front of videos when we go to play a monetized video. But can you explain bumper ads for everybody? Yeah. So you have you have the ads, obviously, that you can... Uh, that you can skip and then you have bumper ads which are you know typically around six seconds um just a few seconds and and uh the people aren't going to be able to skip them uh something that you can really make sure that your message gets to people and they they don't have the option to to skip them now the the i will say the downside to these in my opinion, is that sometimes you won't win the favor of people uh, with them. I mean, some people will get a little angry that that they can't skip ads. So I would say you really have to take a look at your your market and what it is exactly you're trying to promote. Um, it, yeah. So so for example, like. Uh, if a digital course, for example, if you had a digital course you were re- releasing, I wouldn't necessarily re- recommend doing ads that can't be skipped for something like that. But for like a personal injury attorney, for example, someone who's already got billboards all over town, um, I would say, why not, you know, create some ads that, that people won't be able to skip um, that will ensure their message gets out to their audience so that they can associate their brand with, uh, you know, who do I call when I get into a car accident or who do I call with a medical malpractice uh, suit, things like that. And again, how long are these ads typically? Uh, they're not long at all. They're, they're just a few seconds. So it's, it's, it's definitely a, a pretty cool way to... Uh, I think to, to get brand awareness out, especially, and this is something I've been dabbling in a, a bit more lately is um, I have somebody who does marketing for politicians and he's asked me to do a bit of research on um, how I can do YouTube ads for them. And um, so it, it's an interesting thing because I feel like the market for brand awareness is, is really moving into YouTube advertising right now, as mm. you see politicians on Facebook, you, you see them on Instagram. And, um, and of course, and you probably know this, um, and you've probably heard this, but, you know, I think in 2018, there was three times more ad spend on Facebook than there was on YouTube, um, which is just another sign that there's less competition and thus it's, it's cheaper traffic. And, as people become more exposed to these kinds of statistics, there's a tendency to, you know, move and create these new trends of what's the next big marketing platform. Yeah, it's fascinating to me. It's kind of like, I want them to say that because it validates that we are in an amazing space with not a lot of competition, but very high success. But at the same time, be quiet about it. Just be quiet about yeah. it. Don't tell everybody, please stop printing that a little bit. Just tell it in like, you know, just tell people at parties and bars and stuff. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely in, in a lot of ways an untapped resource, but there's actually... Um, 
it's obviously it's the second most visited website in human history. It's the second biggest search engine on the planet. Um, YouTube is an enormous opportunity. I think a lot of times uh, where where people sort of hit a roadblock often is, oh, I got to make a video ad and that's going to be expensive and tough. Right. So mm-hmm. that's a good lead into how do you how you run the creative on these brand awareness uh, campaigns? What what sort of components do they typically have to to get the KPIs that you're looking for? Yeah, so typically I, I, I look for uh, somebody who's going to make, give a good message and something I, I typically also try to make it something that's compelling. Um, so, for example, uh, if, if there is something that, that a, a person can offer in their ad uh, right off the bat that might hook people, that's really great. Now, not everybody wants to do that. And some, some of the people that I do work with have, uh, you know, they've already gone through like a production company to make a big commercial and they'll just tell me, I just want you to launch that. And that's totally fine. We, we can absolutely do that. Um, but when it does come to brand awareness, um, just anything that puts that person as, as a favorable person in the minds of their prospects and in the minds of, of their potential clients um, is, is what I would say is, is probably the biggest thing. Um, and, and for a lot of the businesses and people I work with, they typically are targeting a local market. So we try to emphasize that they are local in, in everything that we do. Something that can be relatable to their audience um, is is the main thing, um, because at the end of the day, if they just see some guy that they can't relate to on on their YouTube uh, app, then they're they might not remember it. So the main things that I probably would recommend are making yourself relatable and making yourself memorable um, in the ways that you can do that. Is is going to take a person far as far as their branding is concerned. Yeah. What and 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 so what do you look for as far as KPIs? You know what 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 numbers are you looking at? I mean, so often I'm just sitting here running conversion campaigns and we're looking at conversions. You know, I mean, and yeah. certainly there's soft stats. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking for CTR. You know, obviously I want to see people clicking through because that's an indicator of. Uh, how, how, how much people are interested in the creative. And, you know, if I'm testing that, I'm looking at cost per view, I'm looking at view rate, I'm looking at all these things, but it kind of occurs to me that if I really only care about them watching that video and consuming that video as content in some way, what are you looking at? Are you looking at video engagement largely? But of course, with with these bumper ads, I mean, you know, it's it's like yeah. watching a hundred percent of the video isn't exactly a huge time suck. So, so yeah. what what are you looking at? So, I would say really, um, we go for high number of impressions and view through rate are are the main things um, because obviously you're you're you know, in like an in stream ad, for example, um, if we find that we have a high view through rate, then we find that the videos that we're creating for branding purposes are, are uh, more engaging with their audience. And, and that is a really good sign. It means that our video is relatable to them and that it might even be memorable. Um, now, 
for the most part, a lot of these guys just want huge, massive exposure. And they don't, they, they're not even thinking with, uh, get people to my site. They're just thinking, how many times can I put myself uh, in front of my, my market? And so impressions is going to be a big thing there. And then, of course, um, the view through rate are, are the main things that we're looking at. And we're not, you know, in, in a lot of my conversion campaigns for um, other businesses that I've worked with, you know, we'll, we'll set frequency capping on, on our campaigns um, because, you know, if they didn't buy this product or they didn't buy this service after they've seen the ad a few times, then they might not in the future. They're not so much looking at brand awareness, but with a brand awareness campaign, um, it's sort of like, man, just shove it in, the, <laughs> shove it in their faces, and don't stop it. Is <laughs> kind of is a lot of what what these guys are looking for. Um, so it's an interesting thing. So the caps are are much much uh, higher on on these brand awareness campaigns. Right, right, right. And you know, view rate, view through rate, view rate. It's the same. It's the same statistic, right? So you're just you're wanting that number to be as high as possible because you just want them to consume as much of that content as possible, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that you know when we look at a campaign and and we see you know we've run one video um, and it, there's hardly anybody watching it, and then we we try a new video and it's it's getting viewed quite a bit. Then we know that you know that this is more engaging. It's, it's become more relatable to the people who are watching these videos. And that's even another point um, that I'll mention is we typically don't stop with, with one video. It's not, it's not going to be something where I, I take on a client and I tell them, yeah, you know, just throw something together and we'll put it up on YouTube and a bunch of people will see it. We're, we're asking them to work with us to make several videos um, and we'll take things at different angles um, for that client so that we can find, you know, what is getting viewed the most uh, and what what are people relating to the most so that we can really push that and scale it. So typically in starting our, our branding campaigns, we might ask, you know, maybe for, for three or so videos, uh, a lot of the guys that we work with, they'll, they won't want to do too many that <laughs> that's just a pain for them to to create a ton of videos if if i could get 10 videos out of them then that's great but um well we'll start with maybe like three videos and we'll start with a, a shorter budget something very small just to see what these numbers amount to um for each video and when we find that and we find that you know oh it looks like uh people are are watching this video who are on their mobile device and this is the video that people are watching the most, then we just really scale that and, and we really put more money into that particular video on that particular medium, um, on that device rather. 
Okay, this is great. And so so I want to put a pin in that because I don't want to forget to talk about scaling and 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 targeting. Uh, but I, do, I did want to mention a little bit, I think it's very interesting you talk about view rate and trying to get that number as high as possible. And it seems obvious, right? Yeah. Um, we just want people to consume the content. But it's funny, when I'm running conversion campaigns, I'm actually trying to get that number lower yeah. <laughs> most of the time. Um, yeah. Not like super low, but, you know, like low, like, below 20 seconds or so or below 20% or so because um because I want the unqualified audience to get out so I don't have to pay for them and the qualified audience to get in because they are worth paying for it's just kind of a funny thing and I think it's worth noting uh, just for everybody listening because that because you know Eric running these brand awareness campaigns it makes a ton of sense you would want it to be high but just keep in mind that you might not always want that metric to be high depending on what your goals are for the campaign Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. It is it is interesting because it's almost the reverse in this case. It is, and yeah. It's it's kind of wild, you know, cuz um a lot of these guys they'll you know, they might they might have a budget of $10,000 a month they can spend, $20,000 a month that they can spend. Um, you know, and and these guys are really just looking at getting their name out there. Um and it kind of goes into uh, you know, back back in older marketing strategies of of just you know writing letters, for example, or postcards. Which I mean, postcards still work for for plenty of businesses. It's not to say it's old, quote unquote. But um, but you know, there, there's this concept of just put out as much as you can, and and you will get things in reserve uh, in in return. And um, it's just an, funny how as digital marketing started to evolve, there's so much more targeted traffic and ways to optimize advertising so that you get your ideal client. Um, and this kind of goes back to some of the older mindset of, of marketing, which is just make, create mass awareness. Um, and when you have somebody who can spend something around $10,000 a month or, or several tens of thousands of dollars a month, you can really create that brand awareness. And I'm not even saying that it has to be $10,000 a month, by the way. Um, I don't want anybody to think like, oh, well, I could never do that unless I managed to connect with somebody who's got a million dollars or whatever. Um, you can you can absolutely do it with, with lesser budgets as well. So... These are local businesses. Are, are you just are you largely just doing carpet bombing, meaning not any like super uh, specific targeting? You're just literally targeting cities or I mean, because these are small audiences, right? I mean, how, how are you doing the targeting there? Or just maybe is, age range, basically? Yeah, I would say mostly um, age range and also um, and, and location. I mean, of course. You know, and we, we don't want the videos to show up on it. It also depends on who we're working with. I mean, for uh, for a politician, for example, um, we would ask them and get as much information as we can about their ideal voter demographic before we get engaged in the campaign. Um, and for uh, like attorneys, for example, we might ask them a little bit about uh, who their average 
client looks like. And these guys usually have that information if they're not necessarily a startup. Um, they can tell us, oh, yeah, you know, uh, for an attorney, they might say in their 20s, for example, is uh, is the average demographic. And we can target that age range. And we can also target, um, I guess, just generally to answer your question, yes, we we can target different ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I just I I think it's interesting because uh, us, for example, my agency, Guide Social. I mean, we're we're often working with companies that have a national audience. Companies we we work with a lot of online coaches. Uh, it's a national audience or even international, so right. we have to be pretty precise. But if you're just if you're just trying to get brand awareness uh, in, let's say, Seattle, mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably not too picky. You know, I mean, you just sort yeah. of, you're just going to sort of like hammer it to mm-hmm. people that are uh, adults, yeah. <laughs> I guess, right? I mean, That's true. I, I, oh. I, I, I would guess that that makes sense. It doesn't matter necessarily which videos you show up in front of necessarily mm-hmm. um, or which keywords you're popping up on. I mean, you're literally just looking to get in front of the local audience as much as possible, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And the funny thing is the big secret quote unquote in what we're doing is honestly that it's extremely easy. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's almost like hidden plain sight kind of uh, an idea. And the funny thing is a lot of people, what I find run into is um, sort of this concept of, I could never talk to a person with a million dollar a year budget because they're up here and I'm down here or I'm just getting started and things like that. And that, that kind of a mindset is really, I feel is what separates people from, uh, you know, the, the beginner who's just starting and, and trying to acquire people at like 500 bucks a month or 200 bucks a month or whatever. And the person who's closing these, you know, multiple tens of thousand dollar deals um, it's, it's really kind of fascinating because I could literally teach somebody, um, what I'm doing and, and they'd pick it up really fast and very easily. Um, and maybe just after a few practice runs, they'd probably be able to handle it pretty easily. It's just that nerve, I guess, that, uh, being able and willing to, to talk to somebody with confidence who has that kind of a budget and, and just say, you know, hey, we could basically do what you're doing with this TV commercial, uh, but we could do it for a lot cheaper. And and when you do that, it's really interesting the the response that we've gotten from some of the people <laughs> uh, who we've told that to. But for the most part, a lot of these guys with with uh, uh, big advertising budgets, they can really relate to that. When I, when I talk to them about it, as though it's a TV commercial except it's on the internet. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it's true, I guess, yeah. I suppose. I mean, you know, we, it, it's funny because, you know, you, if you're doing conversion campaigns, you have to be very specific with the creative in, 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 in different sorts of ways. But if you literally just want people to engage with content, it's a completely different strategy on the creative side. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that kind of actually leads me into one of the things that we'll do in some of our larger campaigns is we'll actually uh, survey 
their their audience before we get started. And that that can also be a pretty important aspect of of marketing in general, but finding out who the audience is, what they like, what they don't like, things like that. And it can be a bit of a process um, doing the survey aspect of things. So it's always great when we have somebody who's like, oh yeah, I know exactly who my demographic is and what they what they like, what they don't like. Um, it definitely takes a lot of work and time out of the whole campaign. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and you know, of course, on the, on the politics side, completely different, right? I mean, if yeah. you're running, if you're running a, a, I would I would expect national politics campaign, or you know, or even I suppose regional, uh, you just have to get much more specific about who your target audience is, and that's when it gets really interesting. And as you're going in for 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 those of you that are dipping your toes in YouTube ads, you'll realize um, as as all of us that have done. YouTube ads for a while. No, um, you, you sort of start, especially if you've done something like I personally did, which was transition from Facebook advertising over to YouTube advertising. And you start to say, Oh, you know, like I know what to do. Like I know how to do the targeting. Like I'll just figure it out, put it in, I'll get my tools, do the targeting. And recently we've just not recently, but in the last couple of months, like we've rolled out this huge, uh, research SOP that happens now before YouTube campaigns, because if you don't have it totally targeted uh, to like the most relevant content keywords, etc., for your offer and your avatar, you're going to waste a lot of money on YouTube because it'll spend it wherever it wants to spend it. or wherever you tell it to spend it. So if you tell it to spend it on something that's not necessarily well thought out and researched for the avatar, you're just going to end up wasting a lot of money, which is really interesting. So it's up to you. Um, There's not a lot of machine learning at the beginning when you're doing cost per view campaigns. So you have to sort of do a lot of the work yourself and like really hone in. And I'm sure that's kind of what you're talking about with some of these political campaigns is that you're having to drill way down on who this potential voter is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, it can be quite a process. Um, that, I would say, honestly, can take up more time and resources sometimes than uh, running the campaigns themselves. <laughs> I mean, uh, at this point, like you you and I, I would say, probably know uh, the, the platform like the back of our hands. It, it's fairly simple. It's like riding a bicycle. You'd, you'd go in and set up this campaign. You, um, you adjust this bid, etc., um, and it, it's pretty easy, but to go into this other realm of market research, um, and I'm not just talking about using uh, like keywords, for example, but really finding out about this demographic and about this market is uh, it, it can be a, a bit of a process and it, it can uh, require a bit of work and cooperation with your client. Um, and And, but in the end, it's very much worth it when you have all that data together. You you can create a very effective campaign um, that, at the end of the day, your clients just love you. <laughs> hmm. So so when you've done this before, when you've ran uh, not necessarily brand awareness campaigns, or you have ran brand awareness campaigns, I'll, I'll just ask because this would be interesting to me. Have you have you ran brand awareness campaigns to a more targeted avatar? than a sort of carpet bomb local audience? 
Um, yeah, and we have, and we haven't always found, and this is where things can be a bit hit or miss. Um, we haven't yeah, always Yeah, it's found, kind of interesting to me how you would run brand awareness to a targeted audience. I'd be interested to hear your yeah. thoughts on that for sure. Yeah, well, uh, we have done it, and sometimes we have found that they aren't always successful, and so we, we typically, we won't always push that. Um, and I'll give you an example with, with a, a defense lawyer we were working with at one point. He just wanted some brand awareness, uh, but he didn't really have, he, he was in a small city um, and he, he was doing it for a while. And what he did find was there was a little more call volume um, as a, and we assume that it was as a result. And this is where brand awareness can be a little bit tricky is, is you don't always know if it's this per- particular medium that's creating uh, the calls because it's not necessarily tracking conversions. Um, so we were running the campaign um, and he did find he was getting a little more uh, call volume. But again, this is where it kind of gets tricky is, is, is that because he's, better known as a brand now, or is it because of, of something else, some other aspect of his marketing that he's doing? Uh, and without proper tracking in place, um, it can be a little difficult to, to know exactly what's causing that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I guess, I guess people are seeing his name and, and that is exactly the intention behind, uh, the campaign. And so that's exactly what he got. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. And, and, and what about on sort of a national level? I wonder um, if you would think about, um, you know, using how you would think about this, if you were running brand awareness on a large scale, would you look to leverage all different targeting platforms and try, you know, trying placements, trying keywords, trying different types of audiences? Yeah, absolutely. Um, different. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that that is that would be part of the scope of the overall strategy is find which types of ads are working best, um, find which ads aren't, and just really scaling the ones that are. And and uh, that might be you know trying placement ads and and getting uh, you know one you know getting getting your videos showing up on your competitors. Uh, channel, for example, and and just uh, and taking a look. It, it's a lot of what we do actually is. That's uh, funny. You, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but a lot of the people that we do work with do have very large budgets to invest into their market research and into the research on scaling a campaign. So we may find, for example. Um, and usually we do find that in-stream works really well, but um, we may find that placement ads work much better for, for somebody. And then um, and we find that out through the process of trying all different types of ways to get that ad out there. Um, and there will be some money that's, that's spent in trying to figure this out. So when you talk about like a national campaign, um, some one of our clients may spend as much, uh, a few thousand dollars, uh, before we find out what's going to work best for for this guy, um, 
And so we'll do different targeting methods. We'll try different ads uh, and we'll, we'll let them run for a, a little while. And then we see the numbers are really great on this in-stream ad. Um, they're really great on mobile devices and they are targeting, uh, you know, the right demographic and they're getting plenty of views. Uh, so we're just going to go ahead and chop everything else off and just invest everything into this for right now. Um, and then, and that's, that's kind of how we get to where, where we find, uh, a branding campaign is successful. So, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, so, so, so let's boil it right down. I like to always get practical towards the end here. So sure. if you want to run a brand awareness campaign on YouTube, what are the, the musts? You must have something in your creative. You must have something in your targeting. What are the musts? Yeah, Sure. I would say you must have uh, a message or like a, a, a slogan of some kind, something that is yours that makes you different from everyone else. And it must be in the direction of something new um, or something different because a lot of people are not necessarily interested in the same thing they've heard. Uh, over and over. You know, I would not recommend uh, you're going to create a branding campaign and I want you to say, I'm a lawyer in in Chicago. Like that does not separate you from anybody. And that does not make you a brand really. Uh, but when you add something to that, something memorable, um, you know, that, that really separates you and it's something new, um, then, then you have a, a message and the message in your ad that you can then use to, to make yourself known. And if you have something, I mean, some people will like to use like a jingle, for example. I mean, I, I think it, it can be kind of corny <laughs> to be totally honest, but jingles work that, you know, uh, I'm sure anybody listening to this podcast could probably think of a jingle that they've heard as a kid that they still remember to this date and, and associate that with a brand. Um, oh, well, yeah. And I, I think I could even think of some, <laughs> think, oh, yeah. I can think of some attorney ones specifically. I think that have stuck in my head now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that is really just part of this process of creating something that separates you from everybody else. You have something unique. And I would say being unique, being new, um, and being memorable are key ingredients in doing this. And they're absolutely a must um, because there, there isn't a brand really if you're the same as everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about the way you structure these videos? I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to structure it so that people will watch the maximum amount possible. And I'm sure that you have had clients that have not only come in with existing video creative, you've also said, okay, well, here's what we need to create to make sure that it's successful. Is there anything there that's sort of a through line besides, uh, besides the things that you've mentioned, obviously having the unique offer, the unique, uh, the unique business, the unique offering, uh, what about the way that these videos are structured so that people actually stick around? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's interesting because a lot of the guys that we want to work with, um, they're, 
there's not a lot of humor per se in, in their videos. And there could be, um, if you look at like, uh, you know, the, what the squatty potty ads and stuff like that, humor can definitely attract attention. Our clients specifically, uh, are not super interested in, in doing those types of ads. So one of the other things that we'll try to do is hook people in the beginning, uh, with something aesthetic. Um, and, that's another way, of course, to uh, attract attention is through aesthetics, through something that's beautiful, whether it be uh, a, a scenery in, in their local area, something that um, people think uh, that they can relate to and that they can see is um, something beautiful. And so we'll, we'll try to put something like that, something that's going to catch attention um, and and hook people into the end. Now it's a kind of an interesting point because in, in other campaigns we might do when we say hook people in, we're talking about something that's like very compelling, uh, some kind of offer. Like I, you know, in the next sixty seconds, I'm going to show you how I made a billion dollars in five minutes or whatever, <laughs> and and that's a, a great hook. But for these campaigns in particular. Um, you know, it, it should be something that's uh, moving or touching or something that really gets to the person that you're communicating to. And a, a really great example is um, the old, uh, I think it was I, the iPod ads or or Mac ads, you know, with, uh, you know what I'm talking about, the, the ads that... Um, there's you know, been a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Do you mean, they mean like the Mac versus PC ads or? No, I'm talking thing? about, um, it was, you know, the here's to the rebels, here's to the innovators or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. And, yep. You know, and, and that, that was a, a really, really great ad because it focused largely on, on like inspiration and, uh, and very touching ad that people could relate to and, and with aesthetics to it and something that was beautiful. Um, so as much as possible in creating some of these ads, we tried to create something very similar um, in the sense that it's going to move people and and something they can remember. Um, and that's not always very easy to create, but you know, it, it's something that if you have decent writers if you have good writers they can uh they can help work on that and and help with uh creating something that really moves people that's great thank you so much eric where can people find out uh more about you yeah well i actually have a a group on facebook where we help people learn more about youtube ads um some of some of the guys in the group are really great at youtube ads and some of them are just trying to learn more and get more strategies. So whether you feel like contributing or you feel like learning, um, I think it's an awesome group. I might be a little biased, <laughs> but um, it's YouTube Ad Masters, and that's actually YT Ad Masters. Um, and that's where I, I help people, and I even help review their campaigns sometimes uh, to, to get them going. That's great. That's great. So check that out on Facebook. Eric, thank you so much for being here and sharing this with everybody. A lot of stuff here that people are going to be able to take away. I know I personally am launching a big brand awareness campaign myself for a client uh, this week or next week. So I'm going to be taking some of this to the bank. 
and <laughs> and I have you to thank for that. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for for joining us here. Another great show. Uh, if you want to hear more about, uh, if, if you want to get in touch with me, it's Matt at GuideSocialGlobal.com. Our website's GuideSocialGlobal.com. So until next Friday, I will uh, have, an, have an amazing week and uh, make sure to crush your campaigns this week. Thanks, man.